All right, hello everybody, and welcome back to the first four outdoors podcast. After a long-awaited return, I am your co-host Larry Schaefer here with my good friend. Uh, you normally introduce me. All right, it's tr- I like I mean, it. I like it whenever you make me breakfast. Uh, I understand. Yeah. I, I gotta, I yeah. gotta cook it up for you yeah. so you can feast. Hello. You just gotta wind me up. Yeah. Oh, so you no. could say, I, I got a good wind up. For you. Hi. <laughs> it's not even that. It's not. I'll show you. I'll show you. It's Hi. fine. <laughs> I am your co-host Larry Schaefer here with my good friend Avery Liller. Hello. And Tyler Lee. Hi. <laughs> I love it when he does that. That's how you got to do it. That's exactly right. So probably the high guy now. Yeah, <laughs> the high guy. <laughs> <laughs> so there's something I want to talk about before we get into the the real reason we're here. Avery, what did we do yesterday? Where did we go? If you don't tell him, I will. <laughs> oh God, I don't even know what we did yesterday. It was cold. Oh yeah, dude, we went so we went for a nice stroll mm-hmm. through the Cooper's Rock Roadside Trail. Yeah. What do you mean stroll? He means run, by the way. Yeah, yeah nice it was, run. It was only like thirty-eight degrees and snowing. It wasn't. That's a lie. It was. It's thirty-four. <laughs> oh okay. I checked. Yeah. <laughs> but so so yeah, I was dead set on running, and I'm just like, hey Larry, you're off today. Um. You want to go run a Cooper's Rock after I get off work? And you're like, hell yeah. Yeah, I was. That was pretty stupid. Yeah. And then you get up there and you're like, buddy. Brother, it's snowing. <laughs> <laughs> it's snowing. Buddy, this is real dumb of us. And I'm like, hell yeah. We start running. We're like a mile in. I'm like, I just want you to know how much I hate you. But also thank you. And then we're... Just get all the way up to the top. And I was like, oh, that's a pretty good pace. We start running back down. I almost blew out my ankle twice. I almost wound up like Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> I think mine was a knee injury, but. Yeah, but, uh, dude, it was, it was rough. But I'll tell you what, <clears throat> if you had asked me five years ago, even three years ago, if I was going to go run with Avery Lillard, Cooper's Rock, in the snow, I told you you're fucking nuts. No way in hell. But now we got this really cool like pneumonia cough going on, so <laughs> we'll see where that takes us through the next week. <laughs> I'm glad I'm improving your quality of life. <laughs> yeah, me too. <coughs> hmm. Question: So, <laughs> exerting energy to be better fit is healthy. Oh yeah, yeah. Doing it in the cold, not healthy. Yeah. No, it's healthy. So does it like does it cancel each other out? Yeah, because the more times you give yourself pneumonia, the more times you're likely to catch pneumonia. You know, like if I didn't know any better, I'd be like, oh yeah, he, yeah, that makes sense. But I gotta get sick more times so I can, so I can go run more times. Or like, oh, I gotta go run. Yeah, so you can run less. You can, because you're always recovering from pneumonia. See, when you say that, I think of like having a having a ruler with a thumbtack taped to the end of it and just smacking my hand. I'm like. This will stop hurting after a while. I just yeah. gotta make sure yeah. all of it's bleeding first. Like don't yeah, all don't of it's actually okay. trust the science of it all. You know, it's like 
I'm building immunity. The more times I get pneumonia, I'm less likely to get immunity. Now, to be fair. To be fair. So, I'm a, I'm a little bit of a seasoned veteran whenever it comes to running in the cold. So, like, I had gloves. I had a face mask. Yeah, you were prepared. I had a windbreaker. I was I was living large. I was comfy. <laughs> you just watching Larry just punish <laughs> himself. Watching Larry. I show up. He just <laughs> he's like, well, he might die, but I'll be fine. <laughs> he's in I'm a wearing, hoodie. I'm, I he's got in, a, he's I got low. a hoodie. We're on a we're, and a we're, we're on a wet trail. There's leaves falling everywhere, so you can't see rocks. You need trail shoes. Larry doesn't have trail shoes. I'm watching him every like quarter mile. Almost roll his ankle. He doesn't have gloves on. He doesn't have anything to stop the cold air from going straight into his but, lungs but to give him that nice, beautiful cough for the next three what days. What Avery said. He was watching me. I was in front of him on the trail. Ooh. Uh, he was. You yeah. got got. No, he did not get got. I was recording his butt. He was. But. He, he was filming me back that thing up. Proof or it didn't happen. It's right here. It's, it's, on, it's, on, my, it's on my phone. I think you're lying. <laughs> no, it, it's, it's right here. I'm trying to see cold butt cheeks. It's a good run. It's a good run. Yeah, so here's Larry. He running. Definitely wasn't uh, the beer run we've been planning out. But uh, man, Avery's a bad friend, Larry. Why's that? He watched you roll up in your setup. And he's like, <laughs> nah, I'm still going to run this trail. I don't, <laughs> I don't care about his ankles or that he's cold. Like, I'm getting mine. Bro, it was awful. I showed up like a normal. You didn't even like, offer him a face mask or the glove. You I didn't have like, an extra face mask. You could have gave up. him yours. I ain't having a cop for three days. I showed up in normal Larry fashion, too. Like, I got there, had my cowboy boots on, my blue jeans, my flannel, my coat. Like, you just pulled a Superman? I was like, yeah. I was just like, oh, I'm going to go hop over here and, and you know, the the bathroom they have up here, the facilities. And I'm in there changing. I'm like, this is so fucking stupid. I'm putting on, like, <laughs> low-cut socks, tennis shoes, gym shorts, tank top, throwing on a hoodie over top of it, putting on a beanie, because I'm like, oh, that'll help. <laughs> then he shows up, and he's like, got my windbreaker, put on my gloves, got this nice mask so I can, you know, recycle my warm air. I'm like, hmm. You knew it was going to be cold. Sometimes you just got to let them suffer, so that way they learn. You're a bad friend. Yeah. You're a bad friend. I would have gave him something. Like, hey, you might have, you know, you might be caught for the next three days, I gave but him your hands are I gave him a memory, you know. Of how oh, bad yeah. of a friend that you was, are. That was the other thing. My hands. <laughs> I thought I was going to frostbite and lose my fingers. Now, I will say after some time, like whenever I run, the gloves will get too sweaty, mm-hmm. so I'll pull them off. Yo, yeah, I mean, so, like, after that. the first, like, two miles, though, because, mind you, it was, like, 35 degrees and there was snow falling. I was, like, that real hot, like, burning of my fingers, mm-hmm. like, knowing that, oh, the blood vessels are dying. <laughs> They're like, mm, nope, nope, Larry, nope, we, so I, nope. Like, pulled my hands up inside my, like, running through the woods, you know, just bebopping, like, trying to get my hands up inside the sleeves of my hoodie just to, like, stop the air from hitting them. And, like, eventually they calmed down, like, balanced. But, like, that first two miles is pretty brutal, which it always is. You know what would have went in my head? One, I would have been running behind him, not, not in front of him. Well, I was running behind him. The, yeah. the first portion. I'd, I'd get like a mile into it until my hands start hurting. I'd be huffing and puffing. I'd look down and I'd look up and I'm like, 
I'm done. Bye stop night. here. He won't know. He's just yeah. going to keep running. <laughs> That's just... Uh, get mauled by a bear. It's fine. <laughs> no, actually with Larry, I'm like, hey, get your ass over here. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of getting mauled by a bear, did you see that video of the hiker that got attacked by that black bear? Yeah. Well, wait, so did, did you see that video, and then did you see those two guys that survived a grizzly bear attack? I did. Yeah. That I was... Did. Tyler? The second one. I saw the second one. Okay, yeah. grizzly bear. The black bear one was pretty cool, too. Dude's face was like, he's going to have some pretty cool scars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And a story. Yeah. Story you want to know how I got these scars? <laughs> <laughs> you want to know how I got these scars? It's like, oh, my buddy, you know, Avery decided to go run. We just ran into a bear and, like, Wrestling. I could have fought him off faster if my hands were warm, but they weren't because he was a bad friend and didn't give me gloves. Well, the dude with the black bear, like, he was, he was on, like, a hiking trail, like, look like stuff around here like getting mm-hmm. up into like all the all the like jagged rock outcroppings and stuff and that thing just like came down on him and uh he was recording with his phone and like it started coming back up the the rocks at him he just starts hammer fisting it and it's like oh i don't want none of this shit fucking <laughs> rolled out but it's been on a lot of big pages yeah it's pretty interesting so ladies and gentlemen the episode you've all been waiting for, The Epic Return. This is Tyler Lee's introduction. So, Tyler, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did we, we get to this point? What are we going to talk about tonight? Who is Tyler Lee? He's a man of many things. He is. Let's, let's go through the top five. Top five? What, top five of, of who Tyler Lee is. What's, uh, what's, let's ranking... Who Tyler Lee is by importance to you from your perspective? Well, uh, coming at you too fast. I, oh, I mean, it's one of those like I think I know what I am, but then you ask my friends and they tell you who I am. You know, that's fair. So Avery, hmm. who am I? I guess I'm nothing, I'm Larry. <laughs> I, you're nothing to him. I'm, I'm, you're not mentally tough enough for him. You don't yeah. own a taco. He's like, he's like, you know what? He wouldn't even go out to run in the cold. Well, sorry, I was just mesmerized by, <laughs> by your beautiful Asian brown eyes. Okay, oh. so I'm so half half Filipino, okay, yeah. half American. So I got that going for me. Right, you so beautiful, diverse, and you're tall. Team. Never get you're tall. Yeah, you're, you're tall ish. Yeah. Hmm? Oh well, yeah. Compared to the other Filipinos, yeah, no, I'm, like, I'm like Godzilla to him. <laughs> <laughs> I have quite a few Filipino friends, and like, they're like five, 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 six. Yeah, it's kind of funny. So, like, growing up, people would ask me what my race was, mm-hmm. and like the answer that I was told from my parents was I was Amerasian. And I was like, that's not a, that's not a race. That's a made up word. Which, come to find out, was a biracial statement. But I was like, mm-hmm. my my go to was. I would ask whoever was asking me what race they thought I was, and then I'd just go with it. <laughs> so, like, if you were coming to me, like, "Hey, what are you?" I'm like, "What do you think I am?" I'm like, "Oh, I think you're, I think you're smelling like you, man. You did good. Like, that's the first time." But I kept doing it so much that I was like, "Maybe I'm setting the bad example <laughs> on how to like defuse <laughs> this." Because now that I'm older and you know, I'm a husband and I'm a father, I was like. I don't, I don't think I did that right. Because <laughs> yeah. I get called Samoan a lot more times than I do Filipino. I think it's twice in my entire life, like actual, hey, what do you think I am? And they're like, oh. I was like, my man's got culture. Like, 
<laughs> he did some studying. Like, <laughs> not your average Filipino by any length of measure. Really? Yeah. Just the legs. <laughs> just I'm just I'm just all legs. Just all legs. <laughs> I mean, am I wrong? No, you're not. You're not. I got some pretty legs. Well, I got a pretty leg. Yeah, the other one's a little busted up. Dude, it, I how's that going? By the way, you know, everyone needs an update because last so they heard, <coughs> it was am, just messed up. I got surgery in September. I think it was on the. 16th or 19th. It was one of the teens. Mm. But I'm now five weeks post-surgery, and I'm doing things that I'm not supposed <coughs> to be doing because of how well it's going. But, but, I've lost feeling in my shin. Mm. And my kneecap looks like it came from somebody else. Like, the surgeon was like, I don't even like that kneecap. It's like, Julie, go get the other one. Go get the <laughs> cadaver. <laughs> The one that we're pulling the ligaments out, we're just replacing the whole kneecap. Hmm. Yeah. It dude it yeah. So it doesn't even look like it's part of you. No, not not even a little bit. I had a beautiful like cut on my quad from where I used to hurdle all the time mm-hmm. as a younger person. I have some pretty cool scars. Oh well, not pretty cool, but there were scars. They ain't no scars no more. Hmm. It's another kneecap, dude. It's not mine. Hmm. Hashtag not my kneecap. Maybe that's why I can't feel your shin. Dude, I mean, there might be some truth to it. They might just, like, give you a whole new leg, buddy. Yeah. It's just taking time for everything to to link up. So now I'm Tyler Lee with one good-looking leg. Mm -hmm. You're a cyborg. Basically. It does feel, like, super thick. Thick. Two Cs. Yeah. I would even throw a Q in there somewhere. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. That that thick. We're, We're talking that thick. So we're talking, like... (laughs) (laughs) If I could roll my tongue, I could. I I would do it, but I'm not that great. So, getting back on track with who Tyler Lee is. When I see Tyler Lee, Uh as you... No, this is a good thing. Uh, You know, we'll, we'll get to the bad later. No. No, there's no bad in Tyler Lee. He's a great man. I'm proud to know him. As you diverted to earlier, a husband, a father, how's that transition been in your life over the last few years? I want to tell you it's easy, but it's not. But then I also think, mm, I think anyone who has a kid for the first time just goes through it. Like, it's just something that you're supposed to go through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's not something you think about until it's all done, and you're like, wow. Well, I know when when Jace was really young, like months old, I knew that Avery conveniently had a daughter that was a month before mine. And I was like, you know, maybe he's losing sleep, too. Maybe the babies just don't sleep. Maybe that's just a thing, because they they have no concept of anything. Mm -hmm. And I I was like, nah, I'm not going to text him about that, something stupid. I was like, I'll just Google it. Google's not your friend for things like that. <laughs> no, it is not. You end up like on, uh, what is it, like WebMD. Web yeah, and you're like, oh, yo, he's What's got, wrong with my kid? He's a, he's a lizard. He's part lizard. That's what it is. That <laughs> You come find out. Yeah, no, so. No, it, it's been, it's, it's been fun. Um, looking back at it, I don't, I don't think I'd do anything different. Um, there's good days and bad days, but I think that's just life. Um, 
Yeah. Our son has totally skipped the the walking phase, and he was running. And now he's in the, I'm just going to randomly fall for no reason, which you saw last yeah, night. Yeah, he somersaults he, on his head. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, you know what? That looks like a good spot, and just yeets his oh, body. I dropped this toy, and it fell behind me. Instead of turning <laughs> around to pick it up, I'm going to, like, yeah. fold myself me, like yeah, a chair. Yeah, let me bash my head off the ground, <laughs> concuss myself, and just be confused for the rest of the night. Bro, he's tough, though. I'll give him I'll that. I'll give it to him. Yeah, I'll give it to him. It's like one of those situations you're like, oh, he's going to cry, and he just starts laughing. Yeah, and I was like, he's low-key a psycho. <laughs> and it's like, did he get it from me, or did he get it from, from mom? I mean, I was going to ask, but I was a little scared to it, ask. Mixed bag there, bud. Yeah. Big mixed bag. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know what we're going to get yet. But, yeah, no, um, I, I shoot guns. Yeah, I know you have many passions, Dude. and I know one of them is really into the, the gun world. So another thing, when someone asks me about Tyler Lee, it's you know, he likes to shoot guns, likes to build guns, he likes to reload ammo. How'd you get into all that? I was bored. I was bored. <laughs> so where has that, <laughs> where has that boredness taken you? Over the years, because I've seen you do some pretty incredible things. Man, I I think it was early on that, as in my, my teenage years, I had a I had a chance to, we'll, we'll take it back to middle school. I, I knew that there was a chance where I could play two sports during a season, but I had to really commit to it and make sure that the coaches were good with it. So in this case, it was baseball and track. And I was like, I can... I can go to track practice, you know, next amount of days and then do baseball the next or like track one week, baseball one week. But then I got to the track meets and the baseball games. There was just no way of, you know, I'm, I might play baseball this Saturday, but the next game I'm playing is three weeks from now. So right. Like, it wasn't doing anyone good. And I was trying to fill two roles. So then I was like, if I can try to make that work, maybe something good will come of it, which nothing, nothing good came from that. I realized there's too much more to play it, and you couldn't be uh, as good or come to your fullest potential unless you completely committed to it. And at that point, it was track was a new thing to me, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Who wants to run track? Who wants to compete running? Because no one ever just likes running. Any sport you've ever played, the conditioning part at the end of practice, traditionally, or at least where I grew mm-hmm. up, is you have to run, mm-hmm. and like that's the worst part of the every practice. Like, yeah, you could have a you could have a good basketball practice. You make every layup and every three-pointer, but you're doing this thing called a suicide. Yeah, suicide drills. Which it's like, I mean, if they call that a suicide, it's probably it's probably pretty bad. Yeah, it's pretty not bad. Fun. And then, you know, you play football. It's like, hey, you got four quarters. You have eight-minute quarters, and, you know, if you're, if you're more in shape and you're more conditioned than the other team come fourth quarter when it really matters, that, like, to me, that made sense. I was like, oh, well, you kind of have to – Mm-hmm. Be in shape, but you have to run. And then uh, my sister talked me into it to to run track that year, and I was like, I'm not gonna be good at this. I was like, I'm not fast, and I definitely can't run that long. So like, what do I do? And I was like, Oh, well, we'll just we'll try a little bit of everything, see what happens, and go from there. So I did like the 100, 200. We did the the half mile. We did a mile. I don't know if you've ever watched the middle school meet, where like 12, 13 year olds are running a mile. <laughs> but it's sad. <laughs> it's super sad. You got people like crying out there. 
And you got the super parents. They're like, hey, get your ass in it. Run faster. They got to stop watching everything. <laughs> they're like running right beside you on the fence. Thankfully, I didn't have a parents like that. I had a sister, though. My sister was my coach. She was my bane, but she was my biggest motivator. Yeah. And, like, she knew anyone who's ever known me, she's the one that knew how to push my buttons. She's like, hey, you don't want to run short distances because you're not fast. You don't want to run long distances. There's this thing called hurdles where it's a short distance, but you gotta you got to, like, jump over these things or hurdle. I was like, oh, that sounds cool. I'll give that a go. Come to find out, I was really good at it. I was like, all right, cool. So now I got a spring sport, gave up baseball. Um, fast forward another year, and slowly they got better, and they got better, and they got better. And I was like, hey, if I really commit my time to this, like, I can be, I can be an actual contender here. So mm-hmm. junior, senior year, uh, took it really serious. And I ended up getting a scholarship to, to run at a D2 college. It was like, hey, man. That was my first taste of success as far as, like, actually putting in the groundwork beforehand. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, that that's super cool. So we get up to college, and college was a different beast. Um, regardless of the division or the conference, like, college track became an obligation at that point. It was no longer fun. It was like, hey, you got to do these workouts. Yeah, you gotta, showing up to work. Like, you, you have to grind. You absolutely have to grind. But not only do you got to grind, you got the other people that are doing that specific event with you. And you got to beat their asses every day at practice. And all of the hurdlers were like three inches taller than I was. And they're all like buck 80. And I was sitting at 215. I was like, Damn. not happening. Yeah, I remember my senior year, I was like, man, I'm the fattest hurdler here. It's the, the state finals. Like, if I just shaved off 20 pounds, I'd be, I'd be so much faster. And I was like, man, that's what I need to do. But yeah, I got to college and just, just couldn't, couldn't keep up with them. Like, it was it was super disheartening for me because I was like, man, I, I did all this all this ass busting to get here, and like now that I'm here, that's peak. Like there's just no way for me. Mm-hmm. So, sophomore year old, and then uh, I was doing a project. It was one of my like communication classes, but it was military oriented, and we all got to pick our topic earlier in the semester, and I wanted to pick or I picked uh, talking about the National Guard because of how heavily involved they are at the high school level. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, you know, the best way to talk about this is either find service members or talk to someone that's in it right now. And I was getting such a mixed uh, review from it because, you know, your dad that was in the military back in the 70s is definitely different from the folks that were in the 2000s yeah. that are different from the folks that are here now. And I was like, let me just talk to a recruiter. So I called the guy and I was like, hey, I'm trying to do this thing. Can you help me out? And he's like, yeah. I'll help you out because I'll be there tomorrow talking to a recruit. And I was like, all right, cool. So he swings by, gives me everything I need in 15 minutes. And he was like, you know, if that's if that's everything you need, you know, I'll be on my way. And I was like, you know, since you were so nice to go out of your way, go ahead and sales pitch me. So we get to talking, and everyone has a freaking recruiter story. Mm-hmm. But the end result was Tyler ended up joining the military. <laughs> yeah. So, so he, uh, you went to him. I, I went to him for information. And I was like, hmm, yeah, that does sound pretty cool. Oh, that doesn't sound too bad. Well, I mean, put me in, coach. I was like, I mean, what's the worst that can happen? Oh, you could die. Well, I mean, <laughs> you can die going to the grocery store. Might as well be something worth something. Facts. And then I, I reflected to my, my time in athletics and was like, 
I really committed my time to that. And if I really commit my time to this, maybe, maybe something would be fruitful. And like, that was, that was the mentality. And today that's still the mentality. Um, join, join the military police and really, uh, I don't think my mentality or my demeanor has changed. I think if anything, um, I know a lot more and I try to tell the younger generation that are in right now everything I know because that's stuff that I wish I had known uh, up front. So trying to, trying to pay it forward, but, you know, it's still keep your head down and keep pushing forward. And uh, I think it's been super beneficial. I mean, I got to meet you guys out of the military. Um, my wife came from the military. So what I tell people is that the Army gave me a wife. The Army gave me a, a son. Gave me uh, financial stability and gave me some friendships that I'll go to the rest of the world and the ends of the world for. So I got nothing bad to say. It. I really don't. Um, of course, you'll, you'll have bad people. Mm-hmm. You'll have toxic people. And you got the handful of folks that get blasted on the news media. And that's, that's not the general public as far as how we function. But it goes to showcase that, you know, there's there's – very political conversations that people try to blast on social media that a lot of people don't understand but it's the other side of that coin is me and you are able to talk about it in confidence because you see what I see Mm -hmm. and we're able to talk about those things amongst ourselves without people getting confused or drawing lines in the sand saying oh he does this or that so um to me today, that's that's what's super, super close to me is um, I'm still friends with everybody. My circle's very small now, um, but it's one of those if you're if you're there for me, I'll be there for you. But I'm not going to go out of my way to to make sure that you're you're okay. You either you're either here with me, or you know I'll I'll sit by and wave at you and say good luck, have fun. Absolutely. But, you know. And I feel so, like that's one of the biggest. One of the biggest benefits, too, like, you've definitely had things to to gain and benefit from it through your experiences, but that's also what I've seen with you is everything about Tyler Lee is authentic. You You don't try to hide anything. It's here's what I think, here's what I do, here's who I am. You're always honest and upfront about it, and your freaking work ethic is insane. Yeah, I try to bust my ass. Sometimes it's too much, but they got this thing called caffeine, yeah. which, which Avery, you know, when I, when I first met Avery, he uh, <laughs> he bandwagoned this company called Black Rifle Coffee, which was relatively new to me because I, I wasn't in the coffee scene. But when, when we were downrange, it was uh, energy drinks and nicotine, but I knew the energy drinks wasn't something that I could just fiend on for every day, which those people that do it, I, I don't know how you are functioning. He's like, hey man, you should try this. You should try coffee. I'm like, I'm, I'm not a coffee guy. But if I did have coffee, it was like 75% creamer and just like a little bit of coffee. Oh, that's right. You guys were roommates for like the first yeah. three months. Yeah, he was like, hey man, yeah. like try this. And he <clears throat> he was bougie with his coffee. He he had a French press and everything. And I was like, I didn't even know there's different ways to make coffee. He's like, oh, you gotta you get 100 to 20 degrees, and then you gotta soak the you gotta pre-soak the beans. So they, they get to bloom. Like, he was just throwing weird terminology at me. And I was like, bro, just make me a cup of coffee. Like, I don't, I don't, 
I don't know what what you're doing. Like you're casting spells and witchcraft and voodoo, but like this cup of coffee better fuck me up. <laughs> like how much work he's putting into it. So he he gives me the cup of coffee. He's like, yeah, drink it black. Just drink it black. Try it first. I was like, all right. Took a sip. First mistake. As soon as he poured it, I took a sip. So it burnt my tongue. So I couldn't even taste anything. <laughs> and I was, like, I was like, yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty good, Avery. I, <laughs> And I was like, well, I can drink it black because my tongue's burnt, so he won't know if I like it or not. I was like, let's just, just scarf it down and, and move on. And the next day he rolls around. Uh, no, I lied. Later that day. He was like, hey, man, you want another cup of coffee? I was like, dude, it's 9 o'clock at night. Like, we got things to do tomorrow. He's like, oh, I could drink coffee and go right to bed. I was like, Avery's a crackhead. That's what it is. <laughs> He's a functioning crackhead. Like, no, no, I'm good. So the next day he rolls around. We we both get up to go do our thing. He's like, you want a cup of coffee? I was like, yeah, my tongue's healed, so I won't sip it this time. So I tried it. I tried it black. And it was the best freaking cup of coffee that I ever had. I was like, dude, where has this been my whole life? Mm-hmm. Right? I was like, this is this is amazing. So I, I went to the grocery store. I, do we call it a grocery store? Yeah. We'll call it a grocery yeah. store. Go to the grocery store, get what I thought was just okay coffee. Like, I didn't know what I was looking for. And just grabbed a random bag and I was like, "Hey man, let's try this." He's like, "No, <laughs> no, you're no." He's like, "Actually, you should just give that to one of the other guys because you're drinking this." I was like, "All right, whatever." So I went to work. He was he was off this day conveniently, and I tried that coffee that I bought out of the just a regular drip coffee pot, which the majority of the the American population probably has. Mm-hmm. And I was like. Dude, this is dog shit. I was like, no wonder people use creamer. And I was like, wait a minute. Maybe it was that little contraption thingy that he used. It, it was a French press, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Okay. I, I think it was a French press. Because you had the <laughs> little heater water yeah. thingy. But anyways, I was like, yeah, this is, this, is, this is not good. I was like, Avery has to now be my barista. Because like, I'm definitely doing this wrong. And I was like, hey, Avery, teach me how to do this. So he teaches me, and then I do it. I fuck it up so bad. I put way too much coffee in it. I burnt the beans, and it was like it was just terrible. It's not easy. He's like, it's not bad. And I was like, what did I do wrong? He's like, mm, everything. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, talk about little little boost ego. I was like, all right, whatever. But that's that's how me and Avery first met. So now I'm a crackhead for coffee. I haven't mastered the whole drinking a cup of coffee before bed, but yeah, he uh, he changed my life. And I was you know, like, one thing that I find funny about that because like you and I really didn't know each other yet, like we knew of each other, we were in the same unit, but like completely different like sides of the tracks in a sense. So, but I remember <clears throat> you wrote. Did you write to them or email them? Black Rifle. Oh, um, I think it was an email. And they sent us an entire case, like our unit. They, they sent they sent two boxes. Each box had 50 bags of coffee. They sent us 100 bags of coffee. And I was like, wow, this guy must really love coffee, like, and care about the unit and all this stuff. Like, 
Hell yeah. I had no idea till now, actually. Yeah. That up to that point, like you didn't drink coffee. Yeah. You didn't know I, about I coffee. was, yeah, like, I was not, a, I just thought you were just a no, coffee was, fiend. So the, the coffee, <laughs> and I will say everyone has to try this at least once. The coffee that he had me try the first time was Blackbeard. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's only good in a French press. Yeah. It's only good in French press, or at least for me. I drank it through a regular pot. Because that was, that was that first taste for me. And mm-hmm. I was like, man, this is, but, you can't, you can't replicate Blackbeard. You can't. So a manual pour over with the Blackbeard is absolutely undeniable. Really? Yeah. See now I feel like we gotta go try this in a little bit. I take that back. I don't have any Blackbeard. But anyways, after, we'll get after, some tomorrow. We're gonna have to. I know a spot right down the road. It's called so, Cabela's. <laughs> <laughs> so after um, after that box came in, I felt like a drug dealer for a solid four or five days. Cause like I had an arsenal. People were just Dude, knocking on your he door. He didn't tell anybody because you know we were roommates <clears throat> and stuff. Yeah. He didn't tell anybody that he got all this coffee for free. So he just like has this whole box. Yeah, of I had coffee. I had a stockpile. And I was like, and, I'll just keep the one box. And he's like, Dude, take some. I'm like, Just take it. <laughs> yeah. I like, remember you coming in yeah, with like, like five or six bags yeah, of coffee. Sure, You're like, like, Dude, look what Tyler got. And I was I'll like, take, Fuck, I'll here's Tyler. A, I'll, take hey. a ba- I'll take a bag and I'll be modest. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was I was hooked. And it, it lasted through the whole thing. Oh yeah, and I remember. Uh, oh, we I, had it out at like all the all the ACPs. Oh man, it was little, a standard, dude. It, it was everywhere. It was a standard. Like, like our unit had black rifle coffee at every post. Yeah, they were like, hell, that, that guys, those guys, they they got good coffee. And I was like, yeah, we got good coffee. Yeah, we fuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty hard, extremely hard. But I remember uh, that's about all we had going for us. Yeah, but like so through through that. Um, let me get on my Mr. Miyagi vibe. Avery taught me attention to detail that I completely forgot. So after getting to the military, uh, we in our occupation, we have to deal with firearms. Mm-hmm. And up to that point through basic and AIT, I didn't really mess with M4s or the AR-15 style. Mm-hmm. And uh, knew it, had one. I didn't realize you could break it down like that. I thought you just pull the bolt out and just clean it, but you could actually break the bolt. Um but I was like, man, that's that's super cool. And then my my dad, you know, now that I was in the military, he was he was telling me like old war stories, what I call them, mm-hmm. his time in the service, and was talking about my grandfather. And I was like, man, that's it's really cool to see that side of your father. You know, now that he's he's like, hey, you're veterinary to walk through this. Like, let me show you the lessons mm-hmm. learned. And I was like, man, that no relation whatsoever. He's got some funny ones. He was in the navy. Yeah. You know, that's funny. My dad was in the navy. Really? Yeah, and like I'm just now because like <clears throat> I'm just now hitting like the ranks that he was in and things like that, and like I knew s- stuff about dad being in the navy, but like now he's like telling me like the hey I'm with the boys yeah, stories, the good story. yeah, and I'm like wow I've never seen this side of dad. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's it's, it's, it's pretty like, wild. It's, it's like, like, yo, Dad, you were sad. Whoa. You were cool at one time. The old like, man. Yeah, who Who'd is this? Thought? Who is this guy? <laughs> yeah. But he he was talking about my my grandfather. So my grandfather was a, I think he was a cook. I'm gonna get this wrong. No, he yeah he was a cook mm-hmm. uh, in the navy. And then my father was one of the dudes on the flight deck doing something. I know that they got different colors of helmets and mm-hmm. shirts and crap. But like he was doing, I think it was loading bomb ordnance on the okay. planes. But I was like, you know, it's it's pretty cool. But he's like, yeah, your your grandfather when he got out, yeah, he became state trooper, and uh, that was basically it in a small town. I was like, what did he have any hobbies? Like, did you have any hobbies? 
He's like, well, you, your grandfather reloaded. I was like, I don't, I don't know what that is. He's like, you reloaded ammunition. I was like, wait, that's a thing? Like, you can, you don't have to go buy it from the store? He's like, yeah, you can just throw powder in a bullet in a case and you basically got ammo. We're not on that level yeah. yet. <laughs> so, like, you know, you fast forward a couple months and he brings, like, three big-ass totes full of reloading stuff. So then I spent, like, a solid two years just trying to sift through it, figure out what he had. And I genuinely had everything that I needed. I mean, all that stuff was, like, older and outdated. Uh, mm-hmm. The manuals were super old, but they're super cool. So, got into it really hot and heavy and just did a lot of research. And um, I think I had, like, three years in of knowing and exploring before I actually made my first round. And it was super cool. I, I just made the one round on a single stage press and went out. And I was like, hey, if this blows up, like, in my face... It's either gonna rip my arm off or kill me. So, <laughs> <laughs> I had it. I had stuck it on a. I clamped a vise to the shooting bench, and then clamped the gun to the vise, and then grabbed a piece of string, and then like went back ten <laughs> feet. Dude, I was scared. Uh, I was like, I was like, man, I don't know. And then I, uh, I got a, I got a little book like this, and every time I reload, I put that data in. It's like, you know, here's the bullet, here's the powder, here's how much powder, here's everything. So mm-hmm. like. I was looking at it four or five different times before I even pulled the gun out of the car. And I was like, man, that's the right one, right? I was like, no, it's probably a different bullet. And I was like, no, it's not, because I only brought one bullet to the range. <laughs> so I was like, oh, man, I found this bullet. That's what it is. I found this bullet. I don't, know, I don't know whose bullet this is. But I was like, you know what? Stop being a bitch. Just pull the trigger with the string. And, like, you know, if the gun, if the gun blows up, you know, it's, at least it's your gun and not your hand. So <laughs> I pulled the I pulled the uh the string but I did it so quick that the gun came out of the vice the vice fell off the bench. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. <laughs> and like I I had I turned I turned away from like the uh the the howitzer people mm-hmm. like how they they pull the yeah. string and they're all like, you know, rip cording it. So when I when I turned around, I saw the the end stage of shit just being laid everywhere. I was like that bullet fucked everything up. <laughs> I I can't do this. I was like, this is this is bad. This is bad. And I was like, no wonder dad didn't mess with this shit. Like he's like, man, my dad's crazy. I'm not getting into that. And I was like, it all made sense to me. Like it was clicking. I was like, so I pick up the gun and, and strip it down and look at it. And it, it was fine. Like, mm-hmm. There's I mean, it was obviously messed up from the, the concrete. Yeah, the fall. And I was like, what if it did blow up? I was like, what if it didn't blow up? And I was just being a bitch about it. And I was like, nah, maybe maybe it did blow up. I was like, well, the gun's fine. The gun functions. So I made another round. I made 50 of them. But I did it in increments, which I didn't realize was an actual thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, we'll start with <clears> the lowest load and then the highest max that, that it was rated for. Because I had fully accepted that that gun was compromised from that one bullet. So get out to the range. And didn't do the string, didn't do the vice. I was like, I got to rule out being a bitch. I loaded up 15 of them. I had no idea which load was which. So one could be super maxed out, another one could be the lowest, and like everything in between. Dude, it was (laughs) all the worst. I mean, like, worst possible setup you could get, Mm -hmm. which I do not recommend. I'm going to pull the trigger as fast as humanly possible (laughs) and rule this out. So I was standing here like this. Not look, not looking at a berm or the tar. I mean, there was nothing there to shoot at, mm-hmm. or shoot 
anybody because it was just me. And I was just shooting out of nowhere. But I grabbed it, put my head down, and just squeezed the trigger until it started clicking. And I was like, all right, there's 15 rounds done. And I looked back at the box and still had, you know, 30-some looming at me. And I was like, well, let's just get this over. Let's just get it done. Let's just get it done. So I shot all the 50. Nothing was wrong with the gun. My hand was still on my hand. And the brass was done. I was like, all right, cool. I think I know how to reload. And then I, I went back and I was like, I don't know who to tell this to. So I just kept it to myself. Because I don't want to be like, oh, hey, Larry. I'll make some reloads for you. And then come up with some, like, obnoxious round where it, mm -hmm. it, it kills you. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm there yet. So yeah. I, I just, I practiced with it and started with the lowest uh, pistol rounds. And pistols are pretty easier uh, to master as far as reloading because they're straight wall cartridges. So mm -hmm. you don't have to roll or pinch or, you know, resize it. You just pretty much throw powder or bullet and primer in it and you're ready to rock. Um, so practice with, with pistol a lot. And finally just felt comfortable with, like, hey, if you want to go shoot just to go shoot, like, we can go do that because uh, I got a bunch of reloads and I have, like, zero money into it. Um, and then started getting into the, the bigger cartridges. I was like, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really get hot and heavy with it. And there's, there's so many different things that you can do with it. Um, you can make, like, precision rounds. You can make hunting rounds. Um, for me, it was, like... If I could, if I could reload two pieces of brass and have repeatable performance, to me that was the best thing that you could get. But that that was a good hobby for me, and through shooting, I got really good on the army side. So, with your obsession and in getting into all the shooting, it's kind of led your career to some pretty cool places. So it's been hasn't even been. A year yet, you got to go do uh, some cool man shit, as we like to call it. Avery, what, what is it that you call it? Oh, it was cool man shit. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Cool guy shit. Cool guy shit, yeah. Was it cool guy shit? Yeah. 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 Um, what can you tell us about it? I mean, I could tell you everything. So, what can I went you tell us? to a course called Special Reaction Team, and Special Reaction Teams... Uh, you guys know uh, military police or MP kind of wear a lot of a lot of hats. Mm -hmm. we're, we're responsible for a lot of a lot of different stuff. Um, and just to give the folks a quick rundown is to think of an MP, you should think of multi-purpose because we really are. We're yeah. we're responsible for garrison operations, just like your regular civilian police officers going through a neighborhood. We're also responsible for detainee operations, which are prison stuff uh, and all that entails. Uh, we do combat support, so we, as MPs, can insert with an infantry group or a Cav Scout unit and be able to perform everything that that mission requires, which, fun fact, we are the most heavily armed convoy in all of the MOSs. Yes. We MPs carry the big stuff. You got two point arms, cruisers, fifty cows, the Maudeuse, and my favorite, the Mark Nineteen. Avery, what is the Mark Nineteen? Larry, are you just not going <laughs> to contribute to this episode? No, I, I really like watch. I'm just 
watching Tyler talk. He's like, look, yeah. look at this Asian dude. Yeah. Anyway, the Mark 19 is a 40 millimeter automatic grenade launcher, and that SOB likes to lob them for, and it is super fun to watch. It, um, yeah, it it's a machine gun for freaking grenades, grenades. <laughs> and the MP's got two of them. Yeah, or in a, a traditional. Combo. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, if you were a bad dude and you were to, like, I don't know, do some stuff, and like the MP's rolled around. Sorry, bud. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're just out there doing your thing, being a bad guy, maybe. Maybe setting up an IED. You just hear off in the distance. Do, 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 do. You're like, hmm. Is someone fart? That's weird. Yeah, they're like... Somebody, and then buildings around you yeah, start just, exploding. Yeah, everything <laughs> is just getting destroyed. Um, but yeah, so... Um, MPs, multipurpose, convoy, bullets, and... SRT. You, SRT. You got, you got a couple. Um, so when I explain it to civilians, and they're like, what is that? Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but... I basically, because, you know, I'm not that guy. But I tell them, like, oh, you know, it's kind of like being on a SWAT team, but for the Army. Yes. Yes. That is that is exactly what we are. That's the easiest way for me to describe it to them so they don't ask all the questions. Yeah. So to caveat off that, I know caveat's a big word. Oh, look, there to... you go. There you go with the, with the <laughs> yeah, terminology. the lingo. I know, I know that they all know that we're military, so yeah. I'm hoping they're Let all... Eat. They all just like eye roll. They're like, freaking oh, army, and we get it. These guys, whatever. But anyways, um, to caveat off of that, the the MPs do everything that police officers do, except ninety percent of the people that we deal with are trained killers. Yeah, because they're in the military. Yeah, and Avery, guess guess who's in charge of all the people on a military base? To make sure that law and order is upheld. I mean, I, I don't even know why his mic's on. Can we ground him? No, I, I, I know what it is. I know what it is. I know what he's... I know what he's yeah. doing, too. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Anyway, yeah. let's let's get this wrapped so, up. So, um... <laughs> yeah, SRT is basically the civilian version of SWAT. And uh, the specialty in SRT is we are the answer for... High risk situations. Um, that's not inclusive, and that doesn't say here's a left and right limit of here's all the things that we're responsible for. If you think it's a high risk or it involves uh, life, you are called when the resolution to a problem is violence. Yes. Yeah, pretty much. Um, if shit hits the fan, that's when the SRT gets. Spun up. Rolling in with uh, all the bullets. And that usually goes without saying. If the MPs are swamped with whatever situation's going on and they can't resolve it at their level or at their end with their resources, they call the SRT guys. And the SRT guys, the, those are some big dudes. Those <laughs> are big, bad dudes. Um, so you you do a lot of, a lot of tactics. Uh, it's very tactic-driven. Mm-hmm. And the thing with... Tactics, which we'll do in another piece. Uh, I want to have a different segment on this. Uh, we're going to have first four tactical. Cough, Super cough, exciting. hint, hint, foot stomp. I don't want to tell people that it, the situation dictates it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because I feel that's such a bullshit answer and that's such a cover up to say it's a way out. Yeah, hey, we d- we did we did what we could. Yeah. Um, tactics change uh, with every situation, which is true. It shouldn't have to go with saying, but you have to be an absolute expert and extremely proficient in anything that may or may not happen during a situation. And to do that requires a lot of training, requires a lot of trigger time, and it requires a lot of communicating with your counterparts to make sure that, one, you don't shoot each other, and two, there are so many things that are happening once five dudes dump into a door in a place that they don't know, in a bunch of rooms they don't know how's laid out. We also got the opportunity to blow a lot of shit up um, explosively, ballistically, uh, thermogenically, and mechanically. You ate a couple flashbangs. Yeah, yeah. So, um, they're called diversionary devices now. For what reason? I'm pretty sure they explained it to me, but it wasn't enough for me to be like, oh, it's this, this. You probably couldn't retain that information after you were diverted. (laughs) Concussed all the time. Uh, yeah, so if you throw it, like, in a close proximity to yourself and or fuck up the throw entirely, and it may or may not land at your feet, you got to eat it. You absolutely have to eat it. And all the dudes that are in your stack um, also have to eat it. And guess what happens next, Larry? You dump into a room. You still got to dump into a room and pretend like you, you know what you're seeing because you don't. <laughs> Um, lesson learned there. Element of surprise is gone. Yeah, here's the surprise. <laughs> Try to fight when you can't see. <laughs> uh, but it, it was it a was super fun course. Um, it was very tough, and that's the most shooting that I've ever done uh, by every length of measure, even with my background for the hobbies. Uh, that's one of those that, you know, you, you get that opportunity, um... Uh, if you're already a good shot, like you, you already know how to manipulate mm-hmm. a weapon system. So, I know uh, one thing that I can talk about is the qualification. Um, you have to shoot an X amount of things in an X amount of directions in an X amount of rooms under time, and you have to do it with other people around you. And you got to do it with live rounds. And, like, that's that's pretty sketchy. And I recall you saying something about index card. Index card. So, uh, for the, the weapon qualification, or one of, the, one of the weapon qualifications, you have to shoot a headshot that is no bigger than an index card. You can't just hold on the index card because you're not going to hit it. You have, mm-hmm. to hold, you have to hold higher. Um, and that was, that was something that everyone struggles with because no one really deals with offset. Because for hunters... It's, hey, I got to zero my rifle for mm-hmm. an X amount of yards because that's, that's I'm going to hope something, as in target, walks into that threshold so I can shoot it. You're not going out there and running to something to shoot it. You're mm-hmm. just like, hey, if I, can, if I can touch it, I'll try to touch it. But your gun's zeroed for that. Yeah. Um, the opposite also applies, as in, hey, I don't use any optics. I don't use that. Um, I shoot close distance. Who really shoots and practices at close distance? And the only answer for that is comp shooters. But 
that is uh that's what SRT does and SRT's really fucking good at it. Yeah. So I know when I got back to the unit I was I was so so pumped to teach you guys all this stuff. Cause it, it's super cool. You did a really good job of it too. Man, I, I tried. I was super impressed. Yeah, I, like, I tried to try to be a super sponge. There. I watched you up there, and I was like, "This man was born to be an instructor." Mm. The way you engaged with the class and yeah. you did all the hands-on practicals, the walkthroughs, like you couldn't fuck it up. You gave them all the keys to success. Yeah, tried definitely tried. No, you really you brought this thing to life, dude. Because. Uh, Avery and I, we talked about it for two, three years, and then you came along and you were being about it, and you're like, hey, check this out. Look what I made. Look what I did. We could post this. It's like, oh, damn, that's more than we've done in three years. Yeah, we <laughs> put together a lot of content, but like, where the fuck did you learn to do that? Oh, I got bored. It's like, hmm, Tyler Lee's a dangerous man when he's bored. Yeah, I really am. He, he reloads ammo, builds guns. Yeah, creates quality content. That's that's what I remember like, telling you guys was like if I if I had just had some regular person come to my house for some random day like selling Girl Scout cookies, <laughs> and like I invited them in to the basement, they were like, "Yeah, this man's a psycho. He's a serial killer." Well, I mean, if somebody's coming along soliciting at your house, the first thought is, "I'm going to invite you into my basement." Yeah, <laughs> I just, think just you're a serial on. killer yeah, too. Just come on in. There's a lot of there's a lot of red flags there. Yeah, I'm I'm one bad idea away from just booby trapping everything. <laughs> no, for real. Father, husband, reloader, badass, tactical paper boy. Now. The for like two years. The brain. Brain child. I don't know if I call it brain child. The content creation. The godfather of the content creation. I wouldn't call it godfather. The Just man a... that got us to where we are now and is going to take us even further. Not only with the business, but I know what you're trying to accomplish throughout your career as well with the military and the impact you're going to have on a lot of lives. Hopefully. And uh, hopefully, I'm excited to see it. I'm very appreciative for it, and I respect everything that that you do for all of us over here. Yeah, we're just gonna do the damn thing. We're or, just gonna do the damn thing. Or we just take a nap and wake up and then do hey, the damn thing. We're gonna be really good triers. Not the best triers. The best triers. We're gonna be the best triers. Unless it's like vegetables then i dude i <laughs> you don't like I, to try your vegetables I, <laughs> it's for another day yeah i suck at eating vegetables and when i mean suck i mean i refuse to eat vegetables that's probably why i'm fat well there you go everything you need to know about tyler lee folks doesn't right like down to the end of it he doesn't <laughs> like vegetables doesn't like vegetables that was a long story for them to learn that you don't like vegetables i mean I hope they learned something. No, I think they did. I think somebody definitely gained value yeah. out of this. And We've, if not, then good news for you. Uh, we are a group of people that are in the business of teaching. So, Closing comments? Avery, closing comments. Uh, dude, just, uh, yeah, you were the final piece that put this all together. And uh, luckily we had that time 
quarantined together in Fort Bliss that we had that realization that you were the missing piece. And uh, we're super grateful for you. And uh, yeah, so. Larry, let's just do the damn thing. Let's just do the damn thing. Hey, everyone, we really hope you enjoyed this episode. We look forward to bringing you some more content.